Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. We are coming in with a very different attitude this Monday compared to last Monday. We already have the hype video on social media, on X. You can find us on Twitter (laughs) or X now if you want to call it that. Threads, we might post it there. Instagram. We got Fiddy yelling as loud as I've ever heard him. Sometimes Wes is in a yelling mood. Sometimes Fiddy is in a yelling mood. They both were. Wes asked me if I was ready to give out a war cry, and I couldn't because <laughs> I was laughing too hard. Fiddy, I don't know if you are going to bust out the speakers of everybody listening, but I do want to dabble in the yell that you had a little earlier. Can you give us one more time? The yell that you had in the video that Wes took. All right, I think it went something like. All right, turn it down if you need to. If you have some <laughs> janky speakers in the car, just be. This is your warning. Three, two, one. Hit us, city. <laughs> It was so loud. It was so good. You brought that out of them, Wes. That's, I did. that's your ability. That's what I do. I bring the energy, man. I used to do that, you know, in the weight room, all that type of stuff, workouts. I was one of the energy guys. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah. And honestly, Got to. here we are. I mean, we're about four months away, by the way, from this that's thing right. being a year old. That's right. And I'm surprised it took us going into August, late July, to ask that question if you were the hype man in the locker room before you would go play some games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I wasn't, you know before the game speech guy, but definitely workouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was that guy. And then games, I would get hyped, though, but I wasn't giving big speeches, but I would definitely get hyped running around, jumping into guys, talking stuff. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Well, I got a little worried when you asked Fiddy to slap you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like John Henderson. (laughs) I was like, oh, Fiddy, that does not seem like a good idea. I definitely think about, like, we used to have this thing that we would do – it was four quarters, and then we'd do overtime, and it was with uh, power cleans. And it mm-hmm. was the end of the summer workout, and it was awful. It was, it would be hot in there. They would close it out, make it hot, and you had to do, I think you had to either do five sets of two with 220-something, or you had to do um, 10 sets of one. or I forgot how it went. The sets with one had like 270-something on yeah. there. But it was it was rough, no matter what. Yeah, and, then, and so people look to you to be the. Yeah, you have four quarters to go. I do it with my buddy Pierre. God rest his soul. And so I would make up running backs, uh, make up stuff that running back said around the ACC about him and <laughs> okay. stuff. And I just make. I'm like, P, running back from Georgia Tech. I forget what his name was at the time. I'm like, he said you trash. You ain't bleak. Like a lot of cursing. Because at yeah. that point, you sweating. It's hot. You're tired. You're going to say whatever to get going. So I'd be yelling and telling him what people said. And I had my best uh, power clean ever, hang clean ever, uh, getting my self-hype. Okay. Well, what What are the people out here saying about Fitty? What are people saying about Fitty? That they're saying he can't produce mm. a salad in his house. That's what they're saying. They say he can't produce. You hear that, Fitty? They do. They said he can't produce uh, a tied shoe. They said oh, that he man. can't. He said. He said. They said he doesn't know more about sports than a 
a, a brick in the wall. That's what they said. Oh, that's tough, man. Yeah, that's I, what they said. I heard people out here saying that you weren't dynamic whatsoever. Yeah, they said dynamic. Yeah, was like please. They said dummy. That's yeah. what they said. Yeah, they wished. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's, that's what I heard. The days. Are you gonna let people get to you like that, Fiddy? Or are you gonna yeah. respond? A lion does not allow the opinions of sheep to oh. bother him. Mm. Trash okay. to nobody's all out right. here. Quite literally, nobody's because nobody's. we're all making it up. This is the kind of show that it's about to roll. That's right. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Go ahead, Fiddy. Show them your dynamic. No, I, I can't even talk. It's all good. It's tough. It's tough. You lit. All right. You're dynamic. Get us off the bus, Fiddy. Open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Because we did see Fiddy. He just told us that he got a match on Tinder. <laughs> Monday is rolling, oh, baby. This is going to be a great week. I'm so excited. We got ACC Media Days taking place in a couple days. Panthers training camp. Yeah, Practice man. officially starts on Wednesday. We have the vets rolling in tomorrow. The rookie's already reporting, just like Bryce Young, who is going to show just how dynamic he is. But with you getting a match on Tinder and, and I quote Wes, <laughs> Fiddy said... She's kind of cute. Yeah, man. All right. So we're off and rolling that way. But you might have turned her down if you were successful this weekend with your mama being a wing woman. Now, this is a story pitched to me. I do not know where this is going. Wes does not know where this is going. But I walk into the fishbowl where we plan all of our meetings, all of our shows. And Fiddy said, if you want to have some fun at the start of the show... I can tell you how my mama playing wing woman and a group of people we go to eat with after church, how I had a terrible experience trying to pick up the waitress that served us when we went out to eat. Go ahead, Fiddy. The floor is yours. Do tell. Let's yeah. get it. All right. So we go to this. This is this is why it's very problematic. We go to the same restaurant every Sunday. Yeah, so you're going to see her. So again. I'm going to see this woman again and again and again. She's been working there about a month, month and a half. And I noticed her the last time. I was like, oh, you know, she's rather cute. And then we get sat yesterday, and I realized, oh, she's our waitress. So she comes and, like, takes our drinks or whatever. So I'm like, all right, Momo, <laughs> you, need to, you need to help me out. Like, I'm your grandson. Let's play this up that, you know, you're old, you're decrepit, I take care of you, and that wow. I would make a really good boyfriend for this woman. Well, then the rest of the table kind of got in on it. And there's this woman that sits behind me at church. She was like, well, you know what? I'll do it for you. I'll, I'll, I'll ask her the question and try to get her number. And I was like, all right. Well, let's do it whenever I go to the bathroom or something like that, right? Five minutes later, the waitress comes up, and my tea needs to be refilled. And she first goes, ew, do you want some more ice? Because I had no more ice left in my tea. And I was like, no, ma'am, I'm good. Thank you, though. And my mom all goes, what else do you have to say? And I was like, oh. what are you talking about? <laughs> you played dumb. She was like, you've never been this nice to any of the waitresses in the past. And I was like, I just wanted some more tea. And the waitress goes to walk away. And the woman, the other woman, she goes, ma'am, are you single? Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, you're doing this to me. Like, turn, you know, immediate tomato red. And she goes, why, yes, I'm single. <laughs> so then I'm like, now I got hope. Can we get your phone number, please? Oh, she said we. Yes. The whole group the wants team. the phone number. Yes. <laughs> and, she, and obviously she knows that I wanted her phone number. And she goes, well, if he wants my phone number, he can ask me. What'd you say? Mm. What'd you say? And so I was like, okay. 
All right, so I'm literally going to ask her for her phone number because, oh, my God, we're already 10 toes deep. There's no backing out of this, right? And she goes, but before you ask me for my phone number, how old are you? Okay. And I say, I'm 26. You told her the truth. Mm-hmm. Because I-, I knew she was younger. Okay. And she goes, you're too old. What? <laughs> how old is she? Yeah. She's 20. And she goes, I one time took home a 24-year-old, and it did not end well. Oh. And, uh... We now, said, baby, that was him. This is me. Now, Flounder told me, I told him this last night, that this was a cover-up to say that she did not find me attractive. Okay, that's tough. Yeah, I hope Flounder's not. But, <laughs> it's Loco 704. We, yeah, LMAO. It was, it, was, it was an experience. But, like, she knew what I looked like because she had seen me for at least 25, 30 minutes. And then she was like, gave me the clear to head to go ask for the number. So then I go to what she wants my my age. The worst part was like, this was, we didn't even got our food yet. And this already took place. So she tried to bring me my food, check on me throughout the rest of the meal. She wasn't trying to make eye contact. Mm, it was already awkward from that point. Right. Yeah. I wasn't trying to make eye contact. And because she's new, the restaurant closes like at three o'clock. So, like, she starts doing her closing duties as we get up to leave. And the whole group of waitresses just look at our table as we get up and walk out. Oh, because she had clearly told she everybody. She had clearly told everybody that I had wanted her phone number. Um, we have plenty of texts rolling in on this topic. Robbie, dangerously, he wrote in, Grandmom, Grandmas and moms should never, all caps, be wing women. That he should be ashamed of himself. Is that true? Wes, I defer to you on this. Is yes. it true that grandmas and moms should never, all caps, be wing women? Well, well, to be frank, off of what he said, his grandma said, I liked the beginning of it. The it's, fact it that she set like it, it up. Grandma came down like Jason Kidd in the mid-90s. She threw you a <laughs> nice lob, and all you had to do was go up and dunk it. Now, when she came at the end, when she said, can we have your number? But you still could have played off of that and 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 maybe gotten a job done. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think maybe when she hit you with the age thing, that was lame. She's so, 20. You like, tell me, I, is 26 and 20, I could... I could see how it might be a little bit of a too much of a gap at that stage in your life. But to me, it's still like enough to where the, you know, the opportunity. I mean, if Michael B. Jordan was 26 and he told her that you think she's going to tell him you're too old for me. I'm going to guess no. But that's also that's that's a tough comparison. I wouldn't say that (laughs) Fiddy and Michael B. Jordan are going to be compared too many times in their life. Apologi- apologies to you. Yeah, Fiddy. don't worry about it, Fiddy. Just keep on pushing. But um, I, I didn't think Grandma was in the wrong. I thought she did a good job until she said, we want the phone number. But it, other than that, she did good. It did not sound like a failed plan at the beginning. Yeah. Jack wrote in, moms make terrible wing women, but grandmas are great. I This is where I might agree. Yeah. I, I actually don't think that the grandma in any situation would be a terrible wing woman because I did like the beginning of, of that mm-hmm. plan. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can, you know, if older he's taking care of her, doing a great job. Right. I think older elderly people get the benefit of the doubt on that stuff anyway. They might even think it's cute, a term of endearment, if you will, where if it's your mom, then it looks a little pathetic. For some reason, the mom yeah. seems more pathetic than the grandma caping for you in order to get a date. Yeah. I agree with Jack. I like that a lot. We got a lot of texts. I'm actually having a hard time <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to organize all of this. Panthers bow, numbers game. My guy just keeps shooting. Yeah. That's what Wes Bryant is trying yeah. to do. You could have played off of that and been like, oh, you know, my grandma. She just gets a little bit 
you know, too out of control, totally you know? She just, you know? <laughs> I did tell her that I thought you were beautiful, though, so. So are you going to go back, and are you going to try any more, or are you just going to be the awkward dude that continues to eat there and never talk to her again? Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, now, I did tell her bye as we walked out. Like, I told her, you know, have a good rest of your day or whatever. But, like, when the whole entire staff is, like, looking at you, because, like, and, like, they know our family. We, we've been going there mm-hmm. every Sunday for over a year. We go to the same restaurant. And, uh, yeah, the problem is is that there, my, there's a cousin that goes with us. She was out of town. Mm-hmm. She, like, she, she's going to she's gonna bring it back up again. Uh-huh. So, like. It, so, she it, might help you. Or it, or we're going to get, like, kicked out of the restaurant, and we'll be, like, on the, the screensaver out here at the front of the desk. We're not allowed back in the, in the, in the place of business. Uh, Jay from Mount Holly, grandmas are like puppies. Keep at it, my man. All right. Just and, Fitty, the thing you got to know is no matter how handsome or, or whatever the case may be, we've all been rejected like that. You just got to keep going. I've definitely gotten that waitresses in restaurants that got turned down. It happens. You know what I'm saying? You can't sweat it. The rejection itself was, like, one of the better rejections I've ever gotten. In my life, I just didn't quite know like how to. I didn't know how to mm-hmm. take it after I talked to Flounder because Flounder was like, "Yeah, she probably didn't think you were attractive." But I was like, "Well, she gave me the go-ahead." Uh, people are being supportive on the text line more so, so than Flounder was. It seems like you know, so. Like, oh, wondering- that's a good advice from Teddy from Concord. Take the Tinder date there. That's good advice right oh, there. Yeah. If you took we're her all, there, we're already playing the jealousy angle. Yes. <laughs> Before yeah. we even know this girl's name, before we even have any idea, we're already playing the jealousy angle. All yep. right, we've got Rank Radio coming up. We have the top three storylines heading into Panthers training camp, and we also have the top three rejections Fiddy has ever experienced. It's all coming up next. It's Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7, WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Advice coming in for Fitty in the dating life. You can feel free to give your advice. 704-570-9610. Friend of the show, our buddy, Nada Edwards, he wrote in, Bruh, you cannot shoot your shot at an establishment that you eat at for a year. Which, if you do, then good, as long as it works out for you. But if it doesn't, then maybe that, especially for you, Fitty, then it might just be awkward. But Nada said, tell Fitty that I'm disappointing in him for making his Sunday post-church meal awkward. But he does have more advice. He did say, (laughs) oh, and hinge, greater than, greater than, greater than, tender. Just in case you wanted some more advice. We told him that last week. We have told him that, yes. You know, here's the thing about hinge. (laughs) 
Oh, no. Let's just just keep it in house. You know, the <laughs> last time that I was uh, affiliated with a woman, I met her on Hinge, and it did not end very well. <laughs> so I'm very reluctant to go back. But like, look, even though I got rejected. Confidence is still rather high. I put Bumble back on the phone last night. Okay, let's go. Yeah, we are excited for you. You know, put Tinder back on the phone, and I got I got a match late last night, which when you get a match like at 2.30 in the morning, you always wonder, like, what's going on? It's a nice little dopamine boost. But I haven't been unmatched, and then I got the one right before the show, so, you know, I'm you, not feeling too bad. So, Hunter actually brings up a nice question for me because Hunter wrote in on the text line, I met my wife on Hinge, been happily married for over three years. I don't know if this is the same experience for everyone else. I have plenty of friends that have met and become married off of dating apps. Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, all of it. Do you have the same experience with some people in your friend groups? Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I met my girl on Bumble. I mean, this is this is a completely normal thing. So I wonder just how many people have met their significant other on a dating app. Because I think so many people have done that. And, well, I mean, I don't even know if it was taboo. Like, I know people kind of talk about it in a little bit. Some people way, do sometimes. But, but it's so normal. Like, it shouldn't be that. Do Anything you got to do, man, it's totally fine. Sure. Do whatever you're comfortable with. But I am interested because I think that it's the numbers have grown, I mean, exponentially. I don't think that is too hyperbolic of a phrase. I think a lot of people have met that way. So feel free to let us know. I'm curious to see the numbers on that. 704-570-9610. Dizzle. Great text name. He hmm. said, yeah, met my wife on Bumble. You know, plenty of people writing in. All right, let's talk about some more Rank Radio. We'll get to Fitty's best rejections a little bit later on in the show. <laughs> we do have training camp storylines. You can go catch out um, or catch our social media video we put out there talking about the number one storyline, number two, number three. I want to go around the room, around the Planet Kia Studios. I'll get us started here. I mean, I'll leave Bryce Young for someone else. I know that's your guy, Wes. As much as I like Bryce Young, you've been 10 toes down for Bryce Young since the start of last college football season before you thought that he might be playing for the team that you cover here yes. in the Queen City. I continue to go with the wide receiver room. Number one storyline heading into training camp. Number one for me. Because I don't know who the number one receiver is definitively going to be. I think Adam Thielen is going to default be wide receiver number one. But I think it's a real toss-up. Toss-up, probably a little too strong at wide receiver one, Wes. But when we go to number two, DJ Chark, injury history, Terrace Marshall, second leading receiver on the squad last year. Is it going to be somebody else? Jonathan Mingo, is he that ready to contribute right away? I think everything else is pretty wide open. And even at the bottom of the top five guys that you might keep, we could be talking about a surprise cut in Shai Smith who was the third leading receiver for this team last year. You could be talking about, I don't think you're going to have a surprise cut in LaVisca, but I guess that's why they call it a surprise. You don't expect it. So LaVisca Chenault could be someone, if they don't like what he can do outside of behind the line of scrimmage, giving him the ball in motion. I I think Frank Reich has talked enough about LaVisca to where that wouldn't happen, but maybe they aren't pleased with how he comes along in camp. I don't know. Fascinated. Fascinated. Really am to see how the hierarchy works itself out before we get to week one with this Carolina Panthers football team, because I think you've got a lot of question marks all across the board. Yeah, I think that you do too. My my top three storylines, of course, Bryce Young, is he going to continue to uh, look like a dominant quarterback in the making? Can he continue that 
the pads are coming on. Uh, you'll have more and more going up against best against best. And so is he going to continue to uh, show everybody why he was the number one pick, why he's that guy and why the belief is so high on him in Carolina's organization? Then I look to Iki Aquanu. How is he going to improve in year two? Is he going to be out there and be a dominant player? Don't know that he'll get a lot of matchups against Brian Burns, but I'm sure he'll get enough. But this is the guy that we want to see. The, the offensive line coach, James Campen talked about how much he had to learn coming from NC State and how much better he got as things went on and how much better he looks this season. So is he going to take his game to the next level? And then going over to Brian Burns, has he taken his game to the next level? I know I said I want to see him get to the point where he's like the Nick Boses of the world, the Miles Garretts of the world, where he's just dominating offensive linemen down in and down out and maybe not getting as many of those scheme type of sacks uh, that, that we've seen on the highlights where he's getting those free runs. So uh, those are the things. And also I'm pocket watching out here. Are the Panthers going to give him that big bag? Are they going to put him Straight up cash, there <laughs> up in the upper echelon? Because if Nick Bosa especially gets his deal done, is he going to be in a process to where the Panthers are going to give him a bag that is very, very similar. All right, so you gave us Bryce, you gave us Brian Burns, you gave us opposite edge rusher a little bit, Um, so you're giving us a couple Icky. of storylines there. Iki Iquanu, right, you're giving us just how much he can improve in year two. Fiddy, give me one. What's the number one storyline you're watching for until we get to your uh, number two ranking? I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. It's 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 the depth in that cornerback room. Like I feel very confident when J.C. Horn is on the football field. He's a uh, modern shutdown corner in the National Football League. If you clear will. that throat, yeah, hundred percent. But like you know, I, I mean, outside <laughs> of him, like you know, can 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 Action Jackson stay healthy? You know, what are you going to get out of Henderson and those types of guys? Because I think. I think that's a position group that if they stay healthy, this could be one of the better cornerback rooms in all the National Football League. But health is a really big risk there when you talk about J.C. Horn. And then also defensively, I want to know, does this new scheme get the most out of Shaq Thompson and does it revive Jeremy Chen? Because I think if it does, if you get the most out of Shaq and, and, and he's the best version of himself and then Jeremy Chen looks like the guy we saw when he finished what second in the defensive rookie of the year uh, voting back during his rookie season, it might be able to mask them not having a true number two pass rusher opposite Brian Burns. All right, let's get to some text about the Carolina Panthers. I think AJ had a good text trying to figure out what we mean when we debate who will be wide receiver one, two, and so on. AJ wrote in, when y'all are debating who will be wide receiver one, are you more so just debating who will have the most receptions? Because I tend to think of your number one as the guy who is starting X on the outside. And that will definitely not be Thielen in my opinion. I, I'm, I'm with you on trying to figure out who that definition is, right? What, what the definition of wide receiver one means, because yeah, you typically think about that guy being on the outside, but for instance, Keenan Allen, for example, I think of Keenan Allen as wide receiver one with the chargers, but they line him up in the slot all the time. They line him up on a lot of different areas. Larry Fitzgerald. Now, as his career went on and on, Bruce Arians would move him into the slot. So it doesn't necessarily mean that anymore. The The definition of wide receiver one is being muddied a little bit. I don't know. I just think ultimately for me, Wes, I don't know if you share the same, uh, same thought process. Mm -hmm. Who's the best wide receiver? That's your number one. And there are different ways to measure that. Receptions, total yards touchdowns a little hit or miss so I don't know if I would ever go with touchdown total more so but yards and receptions 
and targets. I think those are more so of the stats and just seeing who the number one guy is, who is your best player. How would you describe what a wide receiver one is in today's NFL? Yeah, I think a little bit of your school of logic as far as the eye test, just looking at who's the best receiver. But as far as just who is the team scheming to get the football to the most on passing downs. And so when you look at Adam Thielen, the targets are pretty healthy the last three years, even though the numbers aren't eye-popping. But he had 108 targets in 2020. He had 95 in 2021 and 107 a year ago. So he converted that into 70 receptions. So I still will go with Adam Thielen at the moment because I think, too, when you play with a guy like Justin Jefferson and all the records that he's setting, those are respectable numbers two wide receiver numbers and so I'll be interested to see now playing with a quarterback like Bryce Young we know that route running is his game he's still capable of the spectacular catch um, from every now and again and we know the data that we've talked about as far as the cliff that wide receivers can fall off of especially at his age but I would just think that I'm going by the the amount of targets who does it look like the Panthers especially early in a football game who does it look like they're trying to get the football to So wide receiver group is my number one outside of Bryce Young, clearly the number one for everyone. But I'm really interested in what happens with the wide receiver group as we get closer to the NFL season. My second one that I have. Are the Carolina Panthers going to make another move at defensive end? We've talked about it a lot. Are they going to bring in a bigger name, a Yannick Ngakwe, a Jadeveon Clowney? somebody with namesake Justin Houston who I believe is still out there I don't know if another NFL team has signed some of these guys are they going to do that or are they really going to see what YGM has for him are they really going to see if DJ Johnson can come in as a you know kind of a lofty third round pick polarizing third round pick is he going to come in right away and his rookie season be that guy that Carolina and new defensive coordinator Averro can depend on I mean that's a lofty ask for DJ Johnson and we've seen rave reviews of Marquise Haynes Wes I saw Joe Person talk about this comparison I thought about it myself Mario Addison somebody that was a situational pass rusher a very good one Addison enters the starting role gets a lot higher percentage of the defensive snaps and makes the most of it makes himself a really nice career as an above average pass rusher not a pro bowler every season but very good edge rusher outside of that pro bowl realm can Marquise Haynes do anything close to that where he's flirting with 10 sacks even if he doesn't reach double digits Mario would get you nine it was kind of funny I I think he had some weird set about like nine three seasons in a row or something like that but can Marquise Haynes do something like that for you if he can you might be able to get away with not signing another one so you go with Marquise Haynes having an increased role in pass rush situations DJ Johnson comes in setting the edge YGM with all these question marks how will he uh transition in an Avero defense you know, maybe you can hit on the positive outcome of these 50-50 situations. Yeah, maybe you can. And so I, I do think that guys can continue to develop. Obviously, Marquise Haynes looks like a guy that could be headed in that direction because they also talked about, too, put on a little bit of weight. But they said just how disruptive he is. And so uh, it's very easy to find out with these guys. Who's going to step up? Because, again, when we're going through OTAs and all these different things, there are no pads, even though they talk about how the practices can be very physical without pads in the NFL. But now when they started to put those on, you're getting those reps against Iki Aquano. What are you doing there? You're getting those reps uh, maybe against some of the more high-quality offensive linemen on this roster. And then you get those games as well to stake your claim. So it's like who's going to step up the most? Marquise Haynes does seem like a guy that has the pedigree to be able to do so. 
Um, but we'll see, though, because there are going to be guys competing over there. Obviously, it's going to be an exciting competition. And I will say, with the comparison between Addison and Haynes, it, it might... Addison was more so, I think, a speed rusher. He had a little power to him. The size, not all that similar. 6'3 for Mario Addison, 260 pounds. Okay, that's a decent amount bigger than what Marquise Haynes is bringing at 235. But we did talk about how they have added weight. And Haynes, not quite as good getting home on those pass rush situations while he's been a situational pass rusher. The most sacks he ever recorded was five this past season in 17 games. Mario Addison, when he was just a rotation guy, he got you six and a half and six in 2014, 2015 goes to a starting role at the age of 29, nine and a half, 11, nine, nine and a half, like really good. When we talk about more underrated Panthers, you might be able to point to Addison when we have that conversation. He definitely a was a guy. Yeah. Very. I mean, that's very good production. Nine and a half, 11, nine, nine and a half. That's pretty impressive. So opposite edge rusher, will you sign a veteran or will you roll with the guys that are already on the roster? Last one for me, offensive line. We kind of just penned it in, not even pencil. We didn't need the eraser. We felt good enough about putting the ink down on the paper that Chandler Zavala was going to be the guy to help out while Austin Corbett was coming back from that injury that he suffered at the end of last season. Savala enters camp on the physically unable to perform list. Now, with this pup list, it doesn't mean what it does when you start the NFL season. Those guys are inactive for six weeks until they can come back. That's not the case here. You don't have that kind of timetable. You can come back, I believe, at any point. But with him being on the PUP list right now, yeah, how long is he going to miss? It, does this look a little too serious for him to start right away? And if that's the case then the more snaps you miss as a rookie, the more continuity you miss out on. No doubt about it. As an offensive lineman, somebody across from me might know a little bit about that. <laughs> the more continuity you miss out on, it hurts, you know? I mean, it, it's not going to be devastating, but it hurts a little bit. So now, is there another offensive lineman that you can bring in where, remember, there was also a little bit of conversation about whether Brady Christensen would lose his job because Zavala was that much of a dude coming out of NC State. So then he comes in, helps out with Corbett. Corbett comes back into the lineup when he's healthy. And then Zavala did such a good job that you bring Christensen out. The offensive line versatility, maybe there's a little bit more of a question mark based off how they operate considering the injuries they have. Yeah, you hate to see it with Chandler Zavala because this is definitely a guy you had high hopes for. And as you said, a rookie, you can't afford to miss a lot of reps. This is a guy that you want to see in there, especially in the preseason, his first one out. Icky, that's where his value kind of comes in because he can help him maybe get up to speed quicker once he's back. But yeah, the offensive line, a little bit banged up coming into camp. Austin Cor- you talked about as well and so we'll see how quickly they can get healthy because we know everybody's nervous about Bryce Young and his health and they feel like they need uh, the greatest offensive line of all time just to keep the man upright Uh, but like I said you want to see this unit healthier so hopefully Zavala has a speedy recovery and is able to come back as well as Austin Corbett this according to Darren Gant on Panthers.com. Zavala with a pec injury is why he's starting training camp on Panthers' active pup list. So it could come back any time. I don't want to make more of it than it needs to be, but something to keep an eye out on if we just kind of already had this as, okay, Zavala comes in for Corbett, right? Well, hopefully he's healthy enough to come back and get as many snaps as he can under his belt before he starts his first NFL game. Let's go to Fitty, the dynamic producer, right now with his first Fitty Flash of the day. It's all right. 
City. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little city. Wow. All right, guys, I sent this to our ex uh, chat over the weekend <laughs> but the bills have lost a key member of their special teams and their offensive unit before the season gets started running back naeem himes suffered what is expected to be a seizing ending knee injury away from the team's facility i think i was i think bone was telling this morning it was he he was waiting he was jet skiing or something like like that and got yes. hit by another jet ski mm. so a really freak accident we hate to hear this for the former nc state product but also followed up in our ex chat and said, well, now we know where Dalvin Cook is going to play football in 2023. Do y'all think that's where Dalvin Cook resurfaces for the upcoming season? No, it, you don't think so. It doesn't make that much sense to you. I mean, it makes sense because obviously they need a running back, but I'm not sure his little brother's already there and they're counting on him to do big things. I mean, Naheem Hines, especially at this point in his career, he's kind of a just a back that's going to be very situational in the truest sense of the form, so I don't know that they'll bring him in. Well, I think I kind of equate this to the DeAndre Hopkins situation, so if Buffalo couldn't create enough money to go after Hopkins, I don't think Cook is going to get that kind of money, but is there still a little too much maneuvering cap-wise in order to bring in someone as talented as Dalvin Cook, and if that's the case, then he might be looking for too much money to go to what is the utmost contender. Buffalo is a Super Bowl contender this year. They're going to be going for it all so is dalvin cook going to take a little less to go with that kind of team or does he still want to get as much money as possible especially with the way they're not paying running backs in this day and age try to get as much as possible with a team that might not be as much a contender as buffalo that is the question at hand 704-570-9610 feel free to text in on the uh the text line we can answer some of those questions thoughts advice you might want to give fitty all of that good stuff coming up next though it's the campus corner some interesting news college basketball wise coming out of the Carolina basketball front and Kansas basketball front. We get to it in just a moment. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the text line 704-570-9610. Hit up those social medias. We're always giving you the content at WFNZ Twitter and Instagram at Walker Mail, at West Bryant underscore 72, and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram as well. And it is time to go to the campus. Count 
All right. SEC Media Days have wrapped up, and the preseason media poll is out. The East, the media chose Georgia, followed by Tennessee and South Carolina at number three, ahead of Kentucky and Florida. And then in the West, Big Bad Bama, as many would expect, at number one, followed by LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. Those are your top five in both. I like Georgia coming out of the East, man. Something in me, though, I want to pick Tennessee. I just feel like Georgia, with all of the turnover, the quarterback situation, Carson Beck could very well turn out to be a star, but I just feel like Georgia has so much to replace on both sides. I know the recruiting is there. But then I don't know if I buy into the Joe Milton hype either. So that's, gonna, what, that's what I wanted to ask yeah. you about because you are interested in Tennessee, but you asked us if we were buying into the Joe Milton hype. Yes. Fitty's all for it. And look, I am a sucker for a big old arm. If you can throw <laughs> 75 yards, I'm going to be intrigued. So He said his greatest throw whew. of all time, he said he wouldn't divulge it. He said, but it starts with a nine. I mean, maybe I believe it. Uh, I'm all in on Joe Milton in Tennessee, especially with Josh Heupel running that offense. They've been nothing but dynamic, if we want to continue with that word, since Heupel came over as the head coach. And I think they can have that transition from Hooker. Remember, Hendon Hooker, good quarterback for sure coming in. But, man, when you talk about Hendon Hooker having the kind of glow up that he did in that offense, maybe Joe Milton is somebody else that uh, can be a star playing for Tennessee. So I'm kind of with it. Look, I'm I'm not going to pick against Georgia. They already gave us the benefit of the doubt as far as the reload value goes, but very interested in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, number one in the country last year in plays gaining 40-plus yards. They were first in the country with 30 Six of those, and I think the gas got put on him even more, especially when Hendon Hooker went down, goes for 147 yards and a touch against Vandy, but then going up against a pretty good Clemson defense, not as good as they have been, 251 yards, three touchdowns. Some of the big dogs from Clemson, too, were sitting out for NFL draft and things of that nature. So I don't know, man. I, Joe Milton, I just got a little bit dicey off what I saw from him at Michigan, just the the, the inaccuracy there. And I know he has Heupel as his coach, but that's kind of what worried me a lot. I, I did start to dismiss him just a little bit of just a guy with a big arm, and that's about it because uh, Tennessee, the first year he got there, he's 51 for six. 51.6 completion percentage and at uh, Michigan the one year he had 56.7 How surprised are you to see the gap closing in first place votes between Alabama and LSU because 165 votes went to Alabama 117 went to LSU you surprised at all by well, that Well I mean I've got gap? LSU winning the West so uh, no I'm going with LSU I think Brian Kelly like I said he just had the hardest time finding those linemen at Notre Dame to be able to compete with the SEC teams, with the Clemsons of the world. Now I think that he's at a place where he can get those guys with no problem. I think that we're going to see Brian Kelly uh, really insert himself into the conversation as one of the nation's best coaches. Carolina and Kansas, they have agreed to a home-and-home. This is going to be pretty cool and historic. It will be Kansas's first time coming to Chapel Hill. So how excited are you two Tar Heels about this matchup happening, this home and home? Yeah, how about this? So North Carolina, Kansas, two of college basketball's legendary programs. They've agreed to play games on each other's campuses 2024-25 and then 25-26. The Tar Heels will travel to Kansas for just the second time ever. That's the crazy thing. Kansas will come to Chapel Hill for the first time, but it's not like UNC ever goes to Kansas all that much. First time since 1960. How about that? 
1960. Now, I'm excited for sure. If you, I'm excited too. It's going to be pretty cool. If you love college basketball, to have these historic programs face one another, then it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I am not as excited as Fitty, who was giddy Fitty. As soon as he got the news <laughs> scrolling across his timeline, had to call his boy Flounder, had to get the laptop up and write something for Heel Tough Vlog and say, hey, Flounder, this is a big deal. This might need to be a solo podcast where we only talk about this. It's that big of a storyline. So I haven't seen you this excited about Carolina basketball, well, since they made the Final Four last year and beat Duke. I mean, the thing is, is that like, so like... The first thing, this comes full circle that Roy Williams is retired because he was asked about this whenever he was Carolina's coach, would you ever go play at Kansas? And it was a defiant no. There's too many memories there. He didn't want to play a game there and have to dress in the, in the visitor's locker room. You're talking about two of college basketball's Blue Bloods, the sport that it is built on. The first time Kansas has come into Chapel Hill. They've played in the, in the Tar Heel State two other times. They played in Reynolds Coliseum. And then they played, I think, at the Charlotte Coliseum and Michael Jordan's first ever game as a Tar Heel. Carolina's going back for the first time since 1960. You look at all the NCAA tournament history, the 57 National Championship, Roy beating Dean in 91, Dean beating Roy in 93. They just played in the national title game in 2022. This is a really big deal, and it's a win for college basketball in the non-conference portion of their season. Is he done with the uh, Carolina-Kansas history lesson? Wow. Right there? I felt I like we were in class. interesting, Wes. <laughs> wow. no, I enjoyed Wes it. I just was, wanted to tease him. Wes, Wes was dying over here. He could not hear anything more. <laughs> anymore. If you would have gone anything more, then I think he just would have left You know, studio. I had to go, you know, discredit it just a little bit. No, all of those factors were pretty cool. And a guy that's going to be playing in uh, one of those games, Armando. Oh, Baycott. Oh, wait, he's not going to be playing no, that game, right? No, he's That's done. I said. Yeah, yeah. He's fine. Dude, Hubert Davis said that emphatically in his press conference the other day. Even if he wants to come back, if the NCAA created another loophole, Mondo's time at Carolina, it's coming to an end. Right, but he looks to make this last year his best because he's been training with NBA trainer Chris Brickley. He's one of the more renowned trainers out there. Shooting the three is Armando Baycott. He's looking to get himself NBA ready. Fitty, what do you think about this, especially with him shooting the three? Are you going to be yelling no, no, no every time he hoisted <laughs> up from deep? Most likely because, I mean, his shooting stroke doesn't allow you to believe he's going to be a great three-point shooter. This is where people get mad at me when I criticize Sean May as a big man coach because I don't think Armando has improved over his four years. He's just been a steady guy, not a lot of bounce and stuff like that. If he takes his game to another level, and R.J. Davis is what he is, and the transfers are what they think they are, I think you could see a picture where Carolina is at least a second weekend of the tournament type of team again. So I'm trying to go back to some of the big guys that played for North Carolina that were only post-centric. It was only in the post that they were doing their work and that eventually, maybe even surprisingly so, would extend their game out to the three-point line. Tyler Hansborough comes to mind. Yeah, he'd mm -hmm. step out and hit the occasional three. So, Duke. Yeah, so, I mean, 100%. Hmm. That's the game I immediately think of as well. Point seven attempts per game his senior season. That was up from point two his junior season. I can't think of really anybody else 
John Henson was kind of the opposite, where his first season at Carolina played on the perimeter a little more so and then only became the shot blocker, low post defender. Is there anybody else I can't remember, Fitty? You know, I, I always thought because Zeller was such just a great, like, popping, like, you know, a nice pick and roll guy, that if he ever developed a three point shot, it would have been there because he had a very, he could shoot the 16 to 18 footer. Jalen Washington's a guy on the roster that is going to be that. Yeah. And Walker Kessler coming out was supposed to be that type of guy, but they found out, hey, he's he's seven one with a nine foot wingspan. Put his ass inside. Yeah, and and now he's not even shooting well in the NBA. By the way, the whole three point shooting conversation surrounding Walker Kessler it, it hasn't worked out at any stage. Last thing for me though, the other two guys, maybe Garrison Brooks. He extended yeah. his range what a bad. little bit as his college career went he on. Did. And um, also, I don't think it counts, but Luke May. Luke May is someone yeah. that kind of had it from the get-go, more yeah. so than he extended it, but he just shot on higher volume and had that big old jump and became the ACC's most improved player from sophomore to junior campaign. Biddy, are you going to add in Ask Kentucky when he said that about uh, Luke May being able Ask to shoot? Ask Kentucky. I was trying not to <laughs> troll the whole entire segment or bore you, which I did both. Uh, we're, we're getting Rashid Wallace uh, mentions, by the way, but he came in being able to shoot, or did he extend his range as he was working in Carolina? I feel I don't like know. he kind of extended it as okay. it went. I feel like that. Bryce, see, Bryce Johnson I came up with, but he didn't extend his range. God, no. He was yeah. just an emphatic dunker. Yeah, Isaiah Hicks, no, boy. I mean, oh. he was only dunking. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't shoot it. <laughs> Love Isaiah Hicks. Love Isaiah Hicks. But, no, I did not want him shooting. All right, but when we come back, Team Week continues. This time we go to Charlotte, right down the road to talk Crib. 49ers on the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.